Ghosts are horny. Spooky. Revisiting female violence. <laughs> that could be any of these episodes. I, I hate to bring up bugs. <laughs> Once again, I have to bring up bugs. Six quick and easy steps for your common demon summoning. I accept this headcanon. Liberal propaganda. Damn cucks. This is a John Winchester hate zone. Could have had mm-hmm. Killer Optimus Prime and he had to be racist. To be fucking racist. Persqueeter. <laughs> and welcome to On the Road with Supernatural, the podcast where we watch and discuss Supernatural episode to episode from the beginning. I'm Jasper Graydon. I'm Jordan Grimm. And I'm Allie. And we'll be your host for this Monster of the Week journey through American folklore and Christian mythology. Jordan, once again, you were correct. (laughs) (laughs) Not only did you say, well, we haven't had witches yet, so it's going to be witches. You said, Ruby is a witch. And you said there's going to be demons involved. And guess what? It was all three. I swear I did not do it on. I do not know. how. Okay. I was even kind of shocked by this one. Yeah. Jordan was like, oh, my God, it's actually witches. (laughs) Like, I was just joking around. But yeah, pleasantly surprised. It's like in these Monster of the Week shows, though, it's good to set up the big three early. Vampires, Mm -hmm. werewolves, and witches. Because that really helps to shape your world. True. So in light of that, I thought today we can talk a little bit about if we have any spell crafting or witchcraft experience and what that's like. I, of course, love witches. I love anything witches, but I think both of you could kind of agree with this. But we came up in that time when like Harry Potter was really big and like Mm. the churches were so like anti-magic, anti-witchcraft. So there was kind of like another satanic panic during my childhood, at least. Yeah, I lived in. Low key, yeah. Um, So, of course, it made me really obsessed with witches. I grew up in a very, very religious home and we had this beautiful family Bible. We have this family Bible that's also our family tree is in it on my dad's side from the early 1800s. So it has like all of our history since then. And like it's passed down from generation to generation and you upkeep it and it's just kind of what you do. But it's this big old tome with these big hand-drawn biblical illustrations. And so of course, when I was a kid, I would steal it. And I would pretend it's a spell book. Oh, man. And one day I got caught pretending I was a witch casting spells out of the family Bible. And my mom was so aghast that she hid it. And I didn't see it again for uh, told Christmas. This Christmas, actually, I found it and was like, oh, yeah, this thing. Remember when I used to pretend to cast spells using that? That's amazing. (laughs) What about you, Allie? So (laughs) it's funny because like I wasn't raised in a fear of witchcraft, but I didn't know how witchy Catholicism is until learning about witchcraft in the past like decade. Oh, yeah. It's shocking how much how similar it is. And like we would do things. And to be fair, now we usually use dried rosemary or sustainable sage that supports Native American communities. But we would use to sage our houses and my mom specifically was having some stuff going on recently in the past few years. So I went up to sage it. And so 
we went in the basement first and we start and do like each floor of the house and where no one will stay. That is terrifying. And my mom and I swear like something bad's there. The sage, not only like relit itself, it like relit itself. And then like some of it trickled on the floor, which we've never had happened before, like full on flame from the smoking sage. That's wild. Yeah. And the whole time I was so hot. I thought I was so sick and feverish. We go through, we do the rest of the floors and we walk outside and just go around the property. And as soon as we walk outside, I'm completely fine. And this was midsummer. So it would have been so much hotter outside. But for some reason, when we were in the house doing it, I was like sweating so much. And then, so recently when I was staying at her house, I was like, okay, mom, like your house has gotten bad again. Like I'll come up and bless it again soon. I never say this stuff in the house. That was my mistake. And then we go up and stay in the room and this room had been like, my mom checked it to make sure everything was good. Just like that was all in order for us an hour before when we go up to stay in this room, I kid you not, there are over a hundred stink bugs crawling oh, all over no. everything Jeez. and there's not a stink bug in any other room the window's not open it is so uncanny and my partner who never ever has anything like he's never sensed anything as soon as we like go to bed there's this huge knock on the closet and it's the closet I hate and I was like Ben did you did you move anything and he's like no and so I just turned on a sound machine and was like we're ignoring everything for the rest of the night. Just to add creepiness onto this story too, when that stage stick exploded, I had just stayed uh-huh. at that house at um, Ali's mom's house like the week before when we had like a sleepover. Mm-hmm. And I remember you calling me and I do not know how, but I knew the exact spot in the house it exploded because I had such an eerie sensation when we were there. It's fucking crazy. And just like it keeps building the amount of people who are like, no, it's that one spot in the basement. And then this closet in one of the bedrooms. It's very strange. Yeah. We need to do research and figure out what's going on. Yeah, we do. (laughs) But what do you have to share, Jasper? Well, nothing quite that interesting, I feel like. I was in a eclectic coven for like two years. So that was pretty something jordan went to some of their stuff mm-hmm. with me yep i still talk to some of them you online. do yeah very nice people. oh that's yeah that's wild yeah i hard ghosted them <laughs> i've never ghosted anyone that hard in my life i don't know why even just suddenly i felt very compelled to never speak to them again that's really that interesting yeah anyway so i actually i have experience doing long-form ritual which is strikingly similar at times to the way Catholic mass is conducted. Um, But also just with my own like private personal stuff. And actually I had a chance to build one from scratch, a long form spell slash ritual thing that we did with a group that was like a, um, Possession is not the word that I want, <laughs> but are you okay, Allie? I like possession's not the word that I want. I am so concerned, Jasper. 
Well, the we were doing a, a thing where the priestess was being a conduit for a particular death goddess so that people could speak to, not to their loved ones, but like send messages, I guess, and like get advice sort of about grief stuff. Yeah, it was interesting. I don't know. I, I feel like most of it is like honestly pretty mundane, you know. You know, you like get all your little components together. You focus your energy and whatnot and you just, you know, light candles. I don't know. (laughs) You put everything in a tiny bag and then put it under someone's bathroom sink and then all the teeth fall out. Like actually (laughs) something about the way the hex bags are in this episode that I love is that they actually are like a lot like different kinds of sachets. It's like, that's really how they are. I mean, like. Usually if you're like hexing someone, you don't, you like put things under their doorway or whatever, like Mm -hmm. not, why am I telling people this? Don't hex people. That's not nice. (laughs) Anyway, that's that's all I have to say about that. Very cool. It was something. That's fair. It's a lot less alarming than how it started. At first I was like, oh God, Jasper, what are you doing? But that makes total sense. No, no. It, yeah, it was a lot more mundane than I was making it sound. Nothing crazier than what goes on in Catholic Mass. I got jealous. All of the times I went, like, you got to do, like, cool possession rituals. Every time I went, it's like, if you make this candle and then roll it in lavender buds, it'll make you more calm when you light it. And I'm like, <laughs> cool. Yeah, it's because lavender and aromatherapy, but thanks. <laughs> yeah, no, I I did a lot of long-form ritual stuff. We did some, um, I don't want to say shit. What is the word that I'm looking for? Uh, basically astral projection, but I don't want to use that word because I feel like it makes it sound really hokey, but like, like a trance, we did do some trance state things. Anyway, I should probably save some of this for other times. I don't want to just talk about this for like 30 minutes because there was a lot of interesting and strange stuff that went on. Yeah, absolutely. It definitely had effects definitely things happened because of stuff that we did so it was pretty weird and wild nice i guess that just leaves the episode (laughs) yeah you know the reason why you're listening to me ramble sort of stiltedly about my weird coven experience today's episode is season three episode nine malleus maleficarum the one where the wives get crafty This episode was written by Ben Adland and directed by Robert Singer and originally aired on January 31st, 2008. Nice. I I like this. Well, I don't want to say I like this cold open, but it's definitely interesting. It has an interesting setup. Yeah, because this is one of the most common dreams, the dream of your teeth falling out. So I love starting with this like shared fear. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that one of the ones that you have when it, it's like a common stress dream when you just feel like out of control of things that are happening? Yeah. yeah, I actually looked it up and there are different interpretations, but one big one's like feeling out of control. Yeah. And then another big one is actually like not being able to make a decision. Hmm. Interesting. But I like that out of control. One yeah, especially in the context of this episode where mm-hmm. like the women are doing witchcraft in order to exert more control over the trajectory of their life. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I will say this is a very beautiful woman. Oh yes. my God, right? Mm, Janet, bombshell. 
this man has a very similar voice to Dean's. Yeah. 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 He's sort of like uh, Dean with no chin. (laughs) (laughs) Dean chinless Chester. Oh, my God. (laughs) It was horrible. It was horrible. I was going to say Dean chin Chester, but then I'm like, but then wouldn't he have more chin? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Like he's like the crimson chins arch nemesis. Crimson chinless. Crimson chinless. <laughs> oh no. What a sad supervillain. I'd be one too without any chin. <laughs> oh no. I have, if anyone needs a chin, I have plenty to give around. So just let me know. I do really like this cold open. I just, mm-hmm. we have to say it though. Yes. There's only one black person in the episode. Yeah. And they kill her in the cold open. And I'm just like, oh, you mean all of the wealthy white women didn't like the one black woman in the community? I wonder. (laughs) Well, so here's my thing with this. It's just how easily avoidable this is. And I'm not going to even say the bare minimum of just having more black storylines and more black characters, because then this would not have mattered. But why could the husband not have died here and the wife had been saved where the husband had been saved? Yeah. Now, not only are we starting off with the death of a black woman, but now the only victim that gets saved to this whole episode is a man. It's literally just a sleuth (laughs) of women's bodies. Right. And honestly, that's my biggest thing with this episode. Like, I really like this episode, actually. Mm -hmm. I think it gets a little sloppy at the end uh, in terms of just like pacing and stuff. But yeah, it's just like, how can we victimize women repeatedly? Mm -hmm. But especially let's make sure we get the black woman out of the way first. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, okay, sure. I know there's also just like this trope of like, not only in TV, but throughout history of like, because this woman looks very expensive. And there's something about like black success immediately getting torn down or taken. I just hate it. Right. It makes me feel gross. But I will say the real effects with the teeth, it just looked really good. It did. It looked really good. Like all all the teeth in the sink. Ah. And I love the switching back and forth between the image of the witch's mouth and the toothbrush Mm -hmm. and her mouth. It was just good fun. It really was. Supernatural. Good fun minus the racism and sexism. Yeah, if you can can set that aside, good fun. (laughs) Isn't that just life? Oh, fuck, you're right. (laughs) Life has a lot more transphobia and homophobia at the top there. I will say we just haven't gotten that yet in the show. Yeah. Yeah. We haven't progressed to the point of acknowledging the existence of queer people straight out. Mm -hmm. So I said straight when talking about gay people. (laughs) Sorry. Anyway, well, I guess there sort of has been a couple of times, but nothing. Their deaths and news articles. Oh, true. They get to donate their life force to resuscitating our main character. They're like, you're not seeing gay people on screen, but don't worry, they're dying still (laughs) off screen. Yeah, no, of course. Oh my God, you're right. Because what the fuck was her name? Lily. Lily, At the end of season two, her girlfriend died off screen. Mm -hmm. Yep. Even Lily kind of died off screen because like she got caught, but you didn't see her actually die. Oh no, we saw her body. Yeah, we saw her body. Womp womp. (laughs) Sorry to be a mood killer. (laughs) No, it's okay. I blame Supernatural. Yeah, no, that's who you should blame. 
And, and you know what? I take solace in the fact that the essence of the gay agenda, having gay people teach our youth was used to resuscitate Dean. So he's just, he's been infected with gay life force. So it's just over for the straights now. (laughs) And that was in season one. So it only gets worse, better from here on out. Oh, yeah. So Sam finds the hex bag underneath the sink. I love the hex bag. Me too. It's so good. The fact that it has like the little cloth from Janet's personal belongings in there. And I just Mm -hmm. like that they immediately like take it apart to like look what's going on inside, like all the little components. It's so cute. It also looks like it's made out of like recycled fabric. So I'm all for that. Oh my God. They're eco friendly. Yeah. <laughs> they may Are be you a murderous. Good witch if you're not. True. I did want to talk a little bit about hex bags. Oh, yeah. I would love to hear about hex bags, Allie. I feel like this is something the show actually got right for once <laughs> because there's not like one way you can make a hex bag. Also, like maybe don't hex people. You can make that choice. But it is used by witches and like Jasper and Jordan talking about it's often like called sachets or little bags or anything like that. And they do have like sometimes bones, sometimes wood, herbs and spices, natural products, and then something related to the person. I do not recommend Googling and hexing people. However, I do love the YouTube video titles. Like my favorite was how to curse someone using black magic and a lemon. And a lemon. It's like the things you have at home, black magic and a lemon. Yeah, no, I mean, you can hex people with common household items. Mm -hmm. You really can. (laughs) I would say like, just be cautious. Lemon, you can use to make people sour their feelings on someone or themselves. True. Yeah. Um, not advocating for hexing unless we're talking about like your neighborhood rapist, like mm-hmm. hex that guy. But I don't know. Kind of wipes you out trying mm-hmm. to hex people. Just saying. It's tiring. Also, if you find a hex bag or anything like this, just leave it. Do not be like one of my favorite stories. The guy on Antiques Roadshow who found a witch's bottle in his wall, brought it in, and the expert drank in a 180-year-old no. witch's bottle, which was just urine and nails. No. And drank mm-hmm. it on national TV. No. I have a question about that, though. Yeah. I know witches' bottles now and in more recent, like modern contemporary practice, are used more for personal protection, like against outside stuff. But, like, weren't they originally, wasn't the idea like normal people keeping witches away from them? Oh, I actually don't know. Yeah, I feel like that's something that has been a relatively recent, like within the past hundred years kind of change. I'm Googling it. (laughs) I could just be making that up though. Yeah, counter magical item as protection against witchcraft. Oh, that's so interesting. Man, I I said something and it wasn't just complete bullshit. I feel like that's what it's still used for because like people on TikTok are always like, you got to make your witch's bottle to protect you from the online trolls. Oh, see, I see it like in, oh my gosh, what's, it's one of your favorite movies, Jordan. The Love Witch. The Love Witch. Love Witch. I love that movie. It's really good. It's very unhinged, which I love. <laughs> True. Sorry, that's all I have about this. I do have something for later. Ooh, well, actually, thank you for that. I found the <laughs> article about the thing Allie was talking about. It was 
found in a Civil War battle site. Oh, I didn't read that part. Interesting. That's incredible. Uh, wow. I did put the piss bottle um, of wine in our show notes. Oh, <laughs> nice. good. Perfect. I love that. Everyone <laughs> go read about the piss bottle. It's what we all need. Yeah. Swig a piss. so anyway supernatural yeah so anyway speaking of fluids (laughs) this is where we learn that dean hates witches because of all the fluids it was such a good setup for the middle end of this episode though when he got all that gunk thrown in his mouth Mm -hmm. oh yeah 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 for sure there's something really compelling to me about the little tidbits of Dean being somewhat of like a germaphobe or like really not liking certain uh, like textures and like things like that. I don't think before this he's, well, no, no, no. I definitely, he's definitely at least had a minute where he was like freaking out about cobwebs. I feel like. Yeah. He freaked Mm -hmm. out about cobwebs. Wasn't, I feel like there was an episode that he was more grossed out by dead bodies than Sam was as well. But yeah, like just the whole like, you know, the spit and pee and blood and semen and everything that's going on with witchcraft. He's just like, nope, no, thank you. Yeah, (laughs) And I think it's very cute. I'm very endeared by that quality. Like, you know, he will be arm deep in monster guts or whatever, but like, God forbid he have dirt under his fingernails, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I actually really liked this scene because it kind of encapsulates one of the things I love about witches as a trope. Out of all of the monsters, they're the ones who have still retained the most of their humanity. And I thought this was a good like kind of way to set the episode up because we're talking about, you know, witches are human, like is killing them mm-hmm. okay. But like, it's not the witches we're really talking about. It's the demons we're going to find out later in the episode. So mm-hmm. I thought this was a good setup for that. Yeah, totally, totally, totally. And the whole question of like humanity in general and the idea of the slow descent from humanity Mm -hmm. to selling your soul and being a witch and then going to hell and forgetting who you are and becoming a demon. The whole timeline of that is represented here and I enjoy it very much. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there are probably worse career paths too. True. Yeah. I mean, fucking businessman cop isn't that what a crossroads demon kind of is though yeah true. i hate that the one thing i don't like about the scene i think he called this is the scene where he's like oh witches are whores no okay actually it's ruby who says that and it's like mid episode oh i thought he did too oh you're right because then ruby gets called a whore as well yeah yeah, yeah. okay sorry no, it's all right. He does call them uh, wicked bitch crone mm. or something. I don't know. He like makes a pun on witch and bitch here that I didn't yeah. write down. He says bitch a lot this episode. Part of it is just because he was yelling at Ruby, I think, and it's an easy insult. But I felt very like, oh, thank God when she was like, stop calling me a bitch. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, yes, girl. (laughs) I'm sick of it, too. Also, I like that Dean would be like the queer man that calls everyone a bitch and it just slowly pisses everyone off. 
Yeah, I feel like he would start getting comfortable with himself like after being out and then like end up not even in in, like a mean way, but just calling everyone bitch, you Mm -hmm. know? Like, hey, bitch, like, he'd be that kind of gay. Yeah. Exactly. Like, even at work to the point where everyone's like, mm. <laughs> Right. They're like, we get it, but simmer down. After this, though, we have that kind of fun scene of the cheating husband getting attacked. Oh, uh, and Amanda's cursed dinner. Yeah, Amanda's <gasps> cursed dinner. This whole scene is so good. I love it. It's kind of funny, though, because at first you like she's walking in, she's ignoring well, who we later find out to be one of her coven members mm-hmm. because she's kind of like gone rogue and she pulls the chicken out of the oven and it's just so nasty. It's so Ugh. much fun. OK, but my favorite thing about that, though, is that the food is actually fine. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's like chicken and potatoes with like some kale or whatever. And there's nothing wrong with it. They've just dumped maggots and mealworms (laughs) on top. (laughs) (laughs) It's like like, obviously fresh food. Also, (laughs) it's like, why did you have to like make this like really intense like chicken? Like, why couldn't you buy like a lean cuisine meal? Yeah. Right. Oh my God. Like, did she, this, her craft involve that much? I don't know. Could be it's the influence of energy. It's all, yeah, exactly. It's all about the energy you put into it, Jordan. That's true. I guess, yeah, she's not slaving over a lean cuisine meal. <laughs> no, she ain't. But yeah, her whole, like, you know, very serious altar setup. And then the guy is just like eating a burger. He's like eating his feelings in the car. Yeah. And I love like it starts out it's it's already campy because of the way they like pair the Guns N' Roses song with it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I just feel like it's such a good like jilted romance kind of tone. And then they're like, no, let's make it even campier. And they change it to put a spell on you. Yeah. Ben Edlund, I will kiss both of your cheeks. It was very like <laughs> hocus pocus in that moment. I love Yes, it. it was fucking iconic. Yeah. Also, this actor has really goofy facial expressions. I really love it. The guy. The guy, yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Like his grossed out face was very good. Yeah. Well, we had his grossed out face earlier. We had that like weird stare of like, I am a suspicious man. <laughs> like the beginning he's just like very good at doing like comedic facial expression mm-hmm. right right very exaggerated yeah very theater style acting which we love for a camp episode mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i love how um like usually dean and sam are like sort of quietly tailing people or whatever <laughs> but they just like cut across like a parking lot or whatever going yeah. really fast like I don't think there's like squealing tires or whatever, but it's very dramatic. I'm yeah. so into it. It was a lot of fun. I just love that her spell book was like completely laminated. Oh my like, God. Her she was organized. Spell book. <laughs> yes. I saw it and I like screamed. She has it in like a fucking cottage core, like recipe book. Yeah. <laughs> it was like a yellow floral. I'm like, you know, go you. This is so that funny. More PTA women need to be in uh, witchcraft book club front groups. Though, as no, far I as we it. know, it was amazing. Yeah, and as far as we know, none of these women had kids either. I'm just like, what are they all doing with their time? I yeah, love this. no, they're just all they're all dinks. Everyone yeah. in this neighborhood. 
What a great life. Honestly, yeah. I think like that was probably just a writing decision in order to like make the story less complicated because it would definitely change things a lot if there were children. I mean, maybe they would be even more driven to start asking favors from demons if they had kids. I don't know. But (laughs) I would think that you would be less driven too because you'd be like a little more paranoid. No, absolutely. Okay, though, I love Sam's little mini torch. I didn't notice it. You didn't notice? It was like, you know, those like lighters that are like a a just a torch style, you know, and it Mm. makes like the tiny blue flame. Almost like what they use to like want flans and stuff. Yeah. Not quite like a kitchen grade, but a baby one. I love that. What did you think of the effects when they get to her or right before they get to her? Oh, like with the with all her wrists being clawed and stuff. I didn't mind it. I thought it was okay. Like it looked very early 2000s computer stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. Honestly, the whiplash of the titty fall took me oh so out God. of even worrying yeah, about the like CGI. Any, totally. Any thoughts I had about like the effects on her arms completely <laughs> eclipsed by her tits pressed into the glass table. <laughs> Just like so fucking ridiculous. I loved you know, it. I'm okay if I die and my tits look that good as I die. I know, right? Good for her. (laughs) Good for her. Also, the fact that she was, like, doing this evil black murder magic in, like, her fucking negligee fucking sends me. Like, I am in orbit right now still. Like, Amanda is a fucking icon. Right? I think we were talking about that when we were watching this. I was like, man, I really wish I had, like, a ritual negligee that I pull out just (laughs) for, like, my evil spellcrafting. Oh my god, yeah, right? If there was a well, wine okay. on the table, that would be great. Okay, but like the thing is, when it comes to spell work, it is all about getting in the right mindset mm-hmm. and like so you can focus. So if you have a particular piece of clothing or item of jewelry that you always wear when you do it, it can that can be helpful. So like is the choice of silky black negligee really dramatic and ridiculous? Yes. <laughs> but if she wears it every time, I bet it makes her spell work that much better. Oh, absolutely. True. What do you think the stat bonuses on that would be if they had looted it from her? Ooh, I think it would have helped every time they had to do like an exorcism or something. Uh-huh. So like Sam would have to put on the negligee while he was like reciting out of their like little book that they have. Yeah. And I think it would help that it would make it faster. So I'm going to say like a plus two, one for each titty. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Plus two to like shit. I'm trying to think of like the intelligence based abilities that you can put points in in D&D. Arcana. Arcana. Yeah. Yeah. It gives you plus two to Arcana. Nice. I'm down with that. Sam would look good in it too. He has the legs for it. And you know what else? He's got those big tooties. Yeah, he'd fill it out. I feel like it would accentuate his broad shoulders. It yeah. would. That's my favorite thing about to like dip into talking about um, cross-dressing and drag for mm-hmm. a second. The hyper femininity of the clothing mm-hmm. really accentuates the opposite, like the mm-hmm. overtly masculine features. And it's very, very cool. Hell Yeah. 
gender thoughts of the day. Anyway. <laughs> so, okay. So it's after they investigate. I think that's when we kind of meet the book club quotation marks. Yeah. Cause they look at the crime scene and they're like, oh, well, that's weird. Wasn't expecting her to be dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we, yeah, we meet all the, the witches. I love the extremely like suburban, like, you know, husband and wife conversation <laughs> and like the cracks about fantasy football. Yeah, I really loved it. I just saw the only thing I could have asked for is this was really a moment to like just fucking amp it up like have them all walking through the house laughing with the husband talking about fantasy football oh. as they like slowly stroll into the basement which is like a full on witchcraft put on their robes like that that's would have been done yeah like like a fraternity basement kind of deal yeah. mm-hmm. but like satanism absolutely that would have been so much more fun i guess it's not really satanism because satanism is its own thing that just emphasizes free will and Mm -hmm. individual choice but but they do have a demonic patron so they do have a demonic patron Mm -hmm. i will remind that lucifer is an angel and not a demon however but you know (laughs) true tomato potato (laughs) (laughs) wait was that was the girl lucifer no, no no because i was talking about satanism sorry oh yeah 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 sorry true true it's my fault she was just a generic demon i don't think she even had a name outside of tammy no and i was mad because she seems like a high level demon like i want to know who this bitch is yeah ruby worked yeah. Out to her yeah and ruby made it seem like she was kind of a big deal mm-hmm so what if her demon name is tammy yeah that's what i'm oh my fucking god (laughs) (laughs) it's just tammy the demon that's so obnoxious i hate it (laughs) i love it so much it kind of reminds me of like dolores umbridge going Mm. to hell Mm -hmm. like that's who she comes back as as a demonic tammy (laughs) oh my fucking god I gotta say, I was really unimpressed with the suburbanite lady fashion. Yes. I have zero notes about it. It looked like they took business casual for the blonde woman, just threw that on her, and then were like, here's very bland white woman outfits for the other two. Yeah, I feel like they could have really amped up the suburban mom vibes. Like, Mm -hmm. none of them were wearing, like, ear warmers when they were outside. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like, those stupid headband things. Or, like, yeah. I guess Lizzie had, like, the puffy vest over the sweater, that was kind of a vibe but like yeah i was just unimpressed i wanted more yeah so my big thing was they should have taken like because the fact that they're using their witchcraft to get financial wealth i'm like why are they not dressed like suburban moms who also have like a crazy necklace or like tiffany Mm. jewelry or like really play into it and you know all of them have like that tuscan style kitchen with like the sliced oranges in a jar that just gets dusty over the years oh my god God. i I feel like everything else they did was so successful that it Mm. like almost doesn't matter like the emphasis on the mundane things that they're using witchcraft for like the lottery and like getting a promotion and the pottery business and then just like the herb garden and all that stuff it's just very 
like the contrast is so goofy. Like it just doesn't even matter about some of the other small things. Yeah. They move pretty quickly into the book club being kind of interrogated by Dean and Sam. Mm -hmm. I love that scene. They're like, (laughs) it's wild because I feel like the coven like knows that they're onto them. And like Dean and Sam also know that the coven is onto them. And they're like onto <laughs> each other while it's, it feels like they're having like a meta conversation almost. Yeah. Like the way Sam is like, oh, did you know about her practices and like all this stuff? It's just so goofy. I love it. Yeah. It was, in my opinion, one of the more fun scenes in the episode. Absolutely. And there's like yeah. a lot of fun scenes. There were so many like really fun ones. I think the, the one that I, the, or two that I liked the most was Dean and Sam investigating Amanda's crime scene and like, you know, with a rabbit body and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other one is when Sam busts in on them while they're chanting at the altar <laughs> and they're yeah. all screaming and they're like, we just wanted to get Renee a lower mortgage rate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I really good. love that. So good. Yeah, we need more episodes like this. Like, it can be introducing new ideas, but still do it in a fun way. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think that's something that the show gets better and better at doing. Absolutely. As it goes on. Like, a lot of the late series stuff is like this episode with fewer of the pacing issues. Mm-hmm. And that's some of my favorite content. I feel like they have some of that in like season five too. Yeah, no, there totally is. I can't wait for Jordan to see Monster Movie, that episode. Yes, yes. So good. Exactly these vibes. Mm -hmm. The uh, next conversation we get to is kind of interesting. It's the in the car before we get to Ruby. Yeah. And I do want to say right here before I forget that I would love to stop hearing this particular phrase in TV. I still see it in new TV coming out in like the past year going off the reservation. Yes. Yeah. That's really racially insensitive. Um, Leave native people alone, please. I also don't want to hear about the grand poobah or the big kahuna or any of that. That's all racist and it's lazy writing. So quit it. Stepping away from my soapbox. We also get this conversation here between Dean and Sam, which of course furthers along the Sam storyline of, is there something wrong with Sam? Ah! Right. Yeah. Cause he's talking about wanting to kill the witches if he has to, but I'm also kind of like, Dean is more predisposed towards killing, but I'm like, is he like really shown that much for Sam to be like, I need to become a ruthless killer like you? Right. Um, I think when it comes to finding the gray with monsters themselves, like we have seen Dean struggle to accept that, like, not all vampires are bad, for example. Yeah. But that was in season one. (laughs) Or wait, no, that was season two. Like at the beginning of season two. That was a long time ago. And I feel like there's been enough character growth by now that this should be disturbing, not just on the level of, oh, Sam seems very comfortable with killing human beings, but also on the level of like, 
why does Sam seem to think that this is the person that Dean is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I love this yeah. as a transitionary scene too, mm-hmm. because it's very clear that this is an unfinished conversation, that this is something that's going to come back. And it does come back as part of their larger brothers conflict uh, later in the episode but the appearance of Ruby interrupts the whole conversation and leads us into the second half of the story of the episode very, very neatly. Yeah, this is a really good turning point. Ruby's been in the series so long, I totally forgot that she had not met Dean yet. Yeah, me too. I was like, oh shit, this is the first time mm-hmm. that they're like speaking to each other. Yeah. And what a first meeting, I tell you what. I always love like the clash of egos Mm -hmm. because like neither of them are going to like back down. Yeah, this one's so fun. And I love that they leave it where neither of them have to back down. They leave it like hanging open. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because Sam gets in the way and Ruby just takes Mm -hmm. off before it can go anywhere else. I got to say, like, I know that Ruby is like an asshole, but I am just obsessed with her vibe. Like she Mm -hmm. shows up and she's like, we need to take things seriously and like stop arguing with me. And then the second you give her any guff, she's like, you're fucking stupid. I don't care about your opinion. Why are you even talking? Mm -hmm. I'm not talking to you. I'm like, you know what? Sometimes there is a little creature inside of my brain that has got that exact personality when I'm interacting with people and it never sees the light of day, but I wish it would. And um, I just, you know, I appreciate that Ruby is just like that. Absolutely. It reminds me of there's a movie right now that's like, I don't know if it's a movie or a TV show. I think it's a movie. It stars the main character of Bly Manor. And she was in that show you really like, Allie, the creepy murdery guy. You. You. She's in you where she plays a female character is a murderer and she just kind of does whatever she wants and she does not care about society's norms. And people are like, you're not supposed to like resonate with this character. But I'm like, the reason so many people do is for that reason. Like some of us just want to be a Ruby. Like she does. She just puts it all out there. And it's so refreshing to see. Right. Exactly. It's like Hannibal. Yeah. Like anytime someone annoys you, you just go back and kill them later. It's fine. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Well, that especially like her being like a woman in this world that is so in this episode that's so incredibly misogynistic. It's like, stand up for yourself. Don't let Dean call you a whore and a bitch. Right. Well, she calls herself a whore sort of indirectly, but (laughs) she does. I do love the way she's just like so casual about that, though, by the way, like, obviously, I don't think we should be calling people whores. There's also nothing wrong with sex work if that's what you're doing, because it's just work like it's literally it's just a job. But like when they're talking to her and they're like, whatever, whatever about the witches. And she's like, I'm not talking about the witches, witches or whores, whatever. And just like moves the conversation along immediately. I'm like, you're perfect. Never change. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) yeah one of my biggest problems with this episode it's not so much in ruby right now but that it's women out to get women right and i know that's something like society pushes us to do and that would be interesting to like analyze that or look at that but since it's never like even implied i don't like how that part comes across right totally Like, let's not hate on each other. Sure. And like men are just sort of 
along for the ride while women are being psychotic or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of a bummer. Kind of a weird vibe. It's like, yeah, like um, it's it's like the low key sexism of indie rock music versus, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yes, right. Like it's not like the overt sexism of something like uh, Sin City, like that episode. Yeah. But it's its own kind of undercurrent. Yeah, and it's much more nuanced, so it's a lot harder to like actively work against. Right, right, exactly. For real, I 1 million percent agree. And then, like, we luckily, though, get the first woman who gets to live through the episode, which is Ruby, because Dean tries to shoot her. Of course, Sam interrupts. Sam interests me in this moment, and then in later moments in the episode, the way he's interacting directly with Ruby, because he seems genuinely concerned, which runs counter to the whole argument he's making in this yes. upcoming scene with Dean. Well, it, not only is it counteracting to this episode, but also it just reminds me of Sam and the Crossroad Demon, like where he shot, a, he pretty much just baited and shot a demon because he wanted to. Right. But then Dean doing this is so wrong. It's a, uh, yeah, it is. It doesn't make full narrative sense. And maybe it will later. I've not seen this show, but. Yeah. Well, I'm wondering if this is maybe in this episode an early indication that he is more attached to Ruby than maybe he realizes. Because he does say, and, and, and you know, granted, there's a lot of other conversation going on uh, surrounding Sam's behavior. But he does say that he keeps Ruby around because she's useful. Mm-hmm. And that's the big selling point with her. But at the end of the episode, she has to like spook him off by doing the black eyes at him. Like he's very worried. It's definitely interesting. I'm kind of looking forward to seeing how Sam's relationship with Ruby is going to evolve in the same mm-hmm. way that I'm interested in seeing how Dean's relationship with Bella is going to evolve. As yeah, I think continues. you predicted that it would become specifically romantic with yeah. Ruby and Sam, didn't you? Yeah, and it's also kind of interesting, too, because through this episode, too, we've had this overarching narrative with Sam where um, he's a human, but might he actually be a monster? Might he be the literal Antichrist? And right. then we have Ruby now, who is a monster, a literal demon, who is trying to, like, supposedly grasp onto humanity. So it's kind of funny. It seems like they're kind of meeting in the middle. Yeah, for sure. They're they're both sitting in a gray area, according to the narrative. I think it might be a little less gray. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I think it might be a little less, but that's just my opinion. Let's let's talk about it's not really an argument, but a sort of tift that Sam and Dean have. The I'm trying to become you conversation from Sam. Right. I don't know if it just seems kind of hurtful. Like, this is what you're going to take away from your brother's legacy. Yeah. Christmas with him. Right. Like, there's a lot of other um, aspects to his personality, even as a hunter. Like, even in the the ways that he operates as, like, a a monster killer. Like, I think 
ruthlessness is maybe the least of his traits and it's it's a bummer Mm -hmm. that sam has chosen that one out of them all like this is how you survive on your own is to become ruthless it's that's depressing (laughs) that's depressing yeah why isn't sam learning how to make a little um handmade emf reader Mm. yeah yeah what about that quality what about the practical mechanics qualities that your brother has huh yeah i do like that this kind of gives dean a reason to stay that he hasn't had before like before he was like oh well i'll leave sam and sam will get to leave live his life and enjoy it in ways that i wasn't able to but now that sam's kind of taking on this like unhealthy vigilante i think it leads to a possibility of dean being like oh fuck I do have to stay around. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Like it it isn't enough just to save his life Mm -hmm. if he is not, if he's, if he's only like surviving it and not just like living. Yeah. Well, and didn't Dean specifically tell Sam when he dies that Sam will just have to continue on hunting by himself too. I'm like, why are we doing this? Keeping this cycle going. I don't know. I think that was less like you have to hunt and more like you can and, and mm-hmm. will if you want to. Like you don't have to have me to do it. Yeah. Um, I don't take that as like a mandate. I think it's more like Dean can't think of anything else that he would do because mm-hmm. Dean isn't aware that there is a life for them outside of it. Yeah. I think that's more of a Dean issue. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I I'm recalling during this scene Jordan, that some time ago, you actually did make a remark about like, they should be thinking like long term tactically, and they should have like a demon friend for that reason. Maybe it wasn't Sin City that you were talking about that. I forget because Ruby was briefly in that episode as well. And I think I remembered thinking at the time that that was super interesting because that's uh, Sam's whole argument here Mm -hmm. is that like, well, whether or not you like her or whatever, like she's helping us out. Like she fixed the cult. She shows up and gets them out of stupid situations with some frequency at this point. Yeah. And so there's no reason not to accept her help mm-hmm. if she's offering it. Yeah. But uh, what really gets me here is like this idea of manipulation because like Ruby is manipulating him. Like we learned that at the end of the episode, she says flat out that she lied about being able to help Dean just so Sam would talk to her. So we know for a fact that she manipulated him at least that time. So with that information, do we believe that her goals and what she wants from them are are what she says? Like we don't even really totally know what her goals are. Just that she wants to help them not have hell take over the earth, sort of vaguely. Honestly, in this universe, you should trust no women. Even the children (laughs) are killers. So Incredible. That's fair. With the way the show is written. Understandable. It's unfortunate, but yes. If there's a woman, she's probably a werewolf or a zombie with super speed or something. Right. <laughs> or a poor person who lives in walls that oh, murders no. people. You got oh, it all. No. <laughs> so with that in mind, what do you think of her her motivations? 
Do you think she's manipulating him in other ways or was it just this or where are we we at with her? I personally don't believe Ruby. And now this is a show, so you can't give away too much early. So I get that. But um, just the way that she's now kind of, it seems like she knows how to manipulate both of them because with Sam... Mm. It's kind of like telling him what he wants to hear and being useful to him. But she kind of manipulates Dean, too, by immediately telling him the truth and making him feel like they're put on equal terms where maybe mm-hmm. they're, she's not with Sam. Right. And she's talking about how, like, she remembers to be human. She's immediately appealing to their, his emotions. I right. just think Ruby has something going on. Like, she's possibly working for someone. Like, their paths are the same. I would say at this point, it's probably in their best interest to trust Ruby to get to where they need to go, but to be expecting a betrayal. I like Ruby. I honestly would rather see Ruby win than the boys. (laughs) If I'm being, even though she wears this horrible Jersey Shore t shirt. Okay, but I like low key love it though, because it's like this is like the one outfit that I took notes about. Because it's so over the top with its messaging. Yeah. It's like the emo version of a Jersey Shore outfit. It's like, you know, that's sort of like lots of extra buckles and pockets on the jacket. And yeah. it's But it's like black and purple. And then it's that horrible like skull print <laughs> on top of the, the gray black shirt. But it also has like an upside down cross or maybe it was right side up, but there is a cross on it. And, you know, she's got the huge silver belt buckle and everything. And I'm just like, this is so over the top. (laughs) I need to shake the hand of the person who did the costumes for this episode. It looks a little like she was dressed by Ed Hardy, but (laughs) oh my lord, I love her jacket and I love her silhouette like that they created with her. She looks very tall, very imposing. Mm -hmm. It looks like they're trying to dress her as the female version of the guy from Ghost Adventures, uh, Zach Baggins. Oh, goodness. Why are you always talking about Zach Baggins? Why are you not? Because <laughs> I don't watch that genre of TV. I literally don't watch it either. <laughs> You're such a lot. I don't believe you. For real, don't. I For real. Um, he's just an icon in the worst of ways. But if you see his fashion... It's the same as Ruby. So I think after this is when the pacing in the episode kind of starts to get a little all over the place. Yes. Even in my head, I'm like having issues ordering it. Yeah. And I think what it is, is it's Ruby's interruption during the demon conflict with the coven that really starts to make it all feel very messy. Yeah. Mm Yeah. Everything leading up to, like, Tammy being the demon was so fun. Even the stuff with Dean being hexed and, like, all of that. That was so great. And, like, Ruby busting in after Sam leaves and, like, squirting the stuff in his mouth, which really just looked like charcoal water. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we need to talk about that. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Okay. So I know that people all the time are like, well, that smells like ass or that tastes like ass or, like, whatever. But they don't almost ever mean it literally it's just like a thing people say when they're like that tastes bad why the fuck didn't dean need to be like that tasted like ass and then think about it and then be like yeah yes it tasted like ass like as if he was recalling the taste of ass and then confirming it to himself yeah quite an interesting recall memory yeah 
and I, I think he started by saying like, this smells, it smelled like ass. And he was like thinking and then like, yeah, and tasted like it too. No, he said that was ass. Oh, and yeah. then he said tasted like ass. Yeah. Dean, Dean. I'm like, oh, okay, boy. like, sweetie, good for you. Like, I'm glad you're getting out there eating the booty like groceries. Like, yeah. good for you. Does everyone need to hear about it? No, no. <laughs> charcoal water seems like something like would be like a weird holistic enema style it oh does. my fucking god like the coffee enemas but for like <laughs> hippies yeah <laughs> give yourself a charcoal enema Goodness. that would actually probably make you really sick <laughs> uh, for sure <laughs> please don't do this at all. yeah don't don't do that <laughs> listeners don't <laughs> if you do tell us if it worked like tell us <laughs> listeners don't try this at home but if you try this at home (laughs) (laughs) we need to know (laughs) yes can i just say i love the actress who plays tammy i thought she was so good the whole time and you know what else she looks a lot like the actress in love actually who's like the slutty secretary at alan rickman's workplace Oh, yeah. Is that also the actress from Arrested Development? I don't fucking know, Who plays the secretary in that? Or from Jawbreaker? I might be wrong. No, I really like Tammy. Was Tammy the Mm -hmm. one who said nice dick work magnum to Sam? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. That was such a funny... I I love that. She... (laughs) To Renee, she tells Renee to shut her painted hole. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This episode just has hole on the brain. I know. (laughs) Oh man, she was so good though. And she's right. Renee needed to shut the fuck up. She was super annoying. Yeah. Do you want to know what her background is? Like, what was her human life that that's in her normal vernacular? Maybe she just spends a lot of time with the contemporary uh, Americans now. True. Like, she's just grown used to their colloquialisms or whatever. It's true. Probably watches a lot of TV. If I'm getting a break from hell, I'm watching a ton of TV. I have a ton to catch up on, I'm sure. Oh, my God. Right. Also, I love the casual way. She was just like so annoyed with Renee still talking that she was like, "Okay, fine. You're dead. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) With a good old classic neck snap. Right. I think her blase and even like snide attitude towards the humans in the room was so well contrasted by like lizzie freaking the fuck out yeah and like crying and quivering there was a lot of emotion happening in that scene i was really it was kind of weird because uh i felt like they were setting up lizzie to have a bigger role within this episode no like she didn't she was really one note too she just was like the sniveling i don't know about this character yeah I think, though, that, like, all of the women in the coven were the idea of the kind of person who would seek out, like, some sort of demonic patron, like, I mean, obviously, because that's what happens in the episode. So, like, what am I trying to say here? So, Renee is just, like, really arrogant and greedy and thinks she deserves everything, right? And then... There's like the sort of unhinged, crazy revenge ex-girlfriend thing, which is sexist. But, you know, it's also like an obvious thing that that people seek power for is to get revenge. And then there's, I think, her, which is the whole idea of like 
when good people make bad decisions. Yeah. Because she does get the chance to redeem herself at the end by distracting the demon long enough for the demon to be killed. But then she does also die. And I think like her character being one note is okay because Mm -hmm. it says so much about the other characters in the episode. And I think specifically we're meant to be thinking about like Dean uh, making these bad choices and he's not a bad person, but you know, ultimately it's, it's going to turn out this way for him. And there's much avoiding that. And we know that because the consequences are Ruby as she tells him at the end of the episode. Especially because Dean did make a deal in much of the same way as these women. Right, yeah. So when Ruby saves Dean, it really reminds me of when she saves Sam in the first episode of this season, where she just sort of like walks in, does what she came to do, and it's just like, later, gators, and like (laughs) saunters out of the room with the camera on her ass. Yeah, you know, it's like the exact same vibes. I really liked when Ruby was losing the battle and was getting slowly yarded out of her mouth. <laughs> <laughs> it was a very slow yarding. It was. I also really like all the chin acting we get from Dean and Sam. Right, because they're like pinned up on the wall, so that's all they can really move. Yeah, <laughs> Dean committed. Oh, he did. He sure did. Okay, can we talk about like the weird, like sapphic tension? Yeah. What was that about? Oh my gosh. I almost was like, so I had assumed that they had actually dated in the past. And of course, we don't know what the actual gender of the person possessing Tammy is. Mm -hmm. Right. But, But just Dean's reaction to finding out that they had been like an item was so aghast like (laughs) it was so funny yeah i think it was supposed to be the like wait oh my god are two girls gonna make out kind of yeah but it really didn't land that way for me Mm -hmm. it what it felt like was more like wait gay people in public (laughs) yeah that's how it felt and also um i will say there is something just because we have i feel like i have to address it because of the the record of the show yeah i'm like do we again have to like have lesbianism as like a weapon? I don't think it was their intention, but it just kind of felt like it a little bit. Again, like in the first episode of the season, like the lust demon being like really sapphic from the vampires the get-go. Season one. Yeah, yeah. The vampires. That's right. I forgot about that. Just locked it out of my memory. (laughs) So far, it's only been like evil creatures, which says something not so good. (laughs) Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Maybe we should unpack that someday. (laughs) I'm sure we will have our chance in knowing this show. (laughs) When they finally like get Tammy, why did she need like 15 stabs? I like it. Yeah. I do like it. I'm in the middle. I'm ambivalent. My gut reaction is that that was extremely aggressive and unnecessary. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't think it would have been like that if it hadn't have been a lady. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, (laughs) That's my gut reaction. My other reaction is that it's sort of put in there to to show us the kind of ruthlessness that they mean when Mm -hmm. Sam is saying that he needs to be more like Dean. 
Yeah. Because we've just come off the heels of that conversation. So then they have to show us like, this is what Dean is all about. I kind of liked it for that reason. Because when it comes yeah. to like, the misogyny, I'm like, well, we're just kind of taking a shit on another shit here. So like, <laughs> I can kind of hand wave it a little bit. But yeah, I really liked because we had really built up Dean as a ruthless figure. And it has been shown that there is a very low possibility, but the possibility that a human could possibly live after being exercised. Mm -hmm. But here Dean makes the executive decision that he just has to kill this demon. See, I think my problem with it was like, they start by hinting that she might be a lesbian. Like they kind of have that tense moment and then they're like, let's jab her a bunch of times repeatedly. It's kind of like, like, it's the mentality like every lesbian just hasn't met the right man or something you know what i mean i I, yeah i'm picking up what you're putting down thank you i don't i don't know if i necessarily fully agree but like yeah it is like here's this sapphic character let's end her violently like her violently and we've talked about how like stabbing is penetration so you're right oh my god and having it back to back like that like so close in a scene is what reads weird to me right no yeah totally oh gosh we had talked about how the homophobia was only or jokingly it was in news articles in the background i guess maybe it was just in this episode we forgot about (laughs) jesus yeah i don't know why that didn't even like occur to me i'm off my fucking game dude You were were too besotted with Dean's chin acting. Yes, of course. That's what was (laughs) distracting me. Oh, I'm now realizing there's also this association with like being a whore and or slut. And Mm. then also on top of that, they're like, ooh, lesbianism. And oh, man. And then there was like the stereotype about late 90s sapphics being like Wiccans as well. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Oh, I'm there. I'm connecting the dots. It keeps I'm getting connecting worse. them. Yes, it does keep getting worse. The more I think about it. God damn. <laughs> um, anyway, but that's not what I want to talk about. What I want to talk about is how bad this fight scene is. <laughs> it has all of the emotional resonance that you need for a good fight scene, but none of the good practical parts or like any kind of good choreography at all. Like, at no point does it actually look at all like anyone is hitting anybody. Like, the cuts (laughs) are really wild. And, like, the sound effects are so bad. It, like, reminded me slightly of that spoof kung fu movie, Kung Pao. Oh, yeah. Like, all all the sound is misaligned and everything. The bad kicking and punching. I'm just like, holy moly. In my opinion, it's probably the worst scene in the episode. But I just love it so much because (laughs) of how horrible it is. You know? There's just like a lot going on in this fight too, because we have this really large open area, like two rooms. We have both of the boys on opposite sides of like the Mm -hmm. room on two different walls. We have the dead witch. And then Isabel, is that her name? Who is a Lizzie, 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 who's still there. And there's just like a lot of people. There's a lot going on in this fight. It's a lot to process. And it's just a lot. Yeah. It's just a lot. This is where the pacing, I think, is the weirdest. Yeah. Because, you know, up until the point where Ruby shows up, it's like fine. 
I mm-hmm. think. And of Which course, is- they they wanted to have like Ruby needed to save them so that they could have this Ruby Dean moment at the end. Yeah. It's sort of like bedtime stories where Sam like goes off in the last like five minutes of the episode to do something else where there's like kind of a tone shift that feels somewhat unnatural. And I have this same sort of discomfort with the pacing and tone here. As much as I I really like this scene, much like in bedtime stories, I like the scene where Sam kills the Crossroads demon. Yeah, it's kind of weird because a lot of the scenes with Ruby are some of the least successful scenes in terms of storytelling. But I actually really like the addition of Ruby in this episode. And I like Ruby. Right. No, Ruby herself, like the things about her character are interesting. Her dialogue is interesting. Her behavior is kind of mysterious. And the actress is really compelling. Mm -hmm. So it's like fun whenever she's there, even though it, you know, throws a wrench into the gears in terms of the writing. Yeah. So I think that now brings us to our final scene. Yeah, what did you, um, Jordan, what did you think of some of the revelations that Ruby reveals here? Wow, I... revealing a revelation. Look at me go. She's... English degree over here. She's revelating. <laughs> <laughs> I... She's the revelator. <laughs> she is the, the revela- revelator, the obfuscator. The obfuscator. Oh, no. <laughs> and no. The, the twerculator. The twerculator. <laughs> Anyway, I'm happy that this happened. Me too. Like, it's so funny because they brought witches in and I was expecting uh, witches to add something to the universe like magic. And a lot of the world building based around witches was pretty surface level. But the world building around demons was pretty big because this is we're halfway through the third season. We've gone and demons have been in this universe since season one. And this is the first time we're really learning anything about them. Yeah, and it's like a lot at once. It's a lot. They're kind of just laying it out there. Yeah, and I think what's cool about it is that it doesn't feel like a lot. Like the emotional stakes that we're presented with in this scene and the way it's very tied to Ruby as a character make it feel nothing like an info dump. Absolutely. No, it was really well done. And then also we have the revelation about how Dean really cannot be saved. Right. Which is kind of funny because we, and early in the season, had had the talk about not killing the crossroad demons because, you know, mm-hmm. she was a resource that we could have used. But in the back of our minds, or like as a viewer, like we're like, but there's Ruby. Ruby knows something. Right. But Ruby comes out here and is like, I was lying. I don't know a way to save you. So it also increases those stakes as well for the boys. Right. And Dean is now having to face the fact that he's not just going to go to hell to suffer he's also going to lose his humanity mm-hmm. yeah so, and just totally forget who he is and what's yeah. important to him so i liked it i thought this was a really good ending and mm-hmm. i have to say if we could get more endings like this because here we have this is our probably one of our first endings that's not just a conversation between the two boys mm-hmm. here yeah. we actively get to see what having a third character does because Remember season two when we got Is Sam a Monster drilled into our heads (laughs) so many times? Right. And it was very much wake up, answer the phone, do the thing, cool down conversation. Mm -hmm. Yes. Like this really helps with that feeling of monotony that I had Mm -hmm. felt in season two. So I'm excited. 
I, I was sort of talking about this when we were talking about the um, the women in the coven and how they're sort of indicative of the kinds of people or motivations mm-hmm. that lead you down a bad path. And I think this conversation between uh, Dean and Ruby pushes that a step further in a way I find compelling where, you know, because they've, they've sold their soul. So, and then we get the reveal that humans and how become demons eventually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like the idea we're presented it with here is that it really, it doesn't matter why you sell your soul, whether it's for like mundane reasons, like mm-hmm. these women or a profound reason like Dean, it does. It just doesn't matter because selling your soul it it ends up the same way mm-hmm. you all you get to the same place and that's in the complete loss of your humanity yeah absolutely definitely an interesting kind of roundabout way of kind of our conversation of humanity in this <laughs> right. episode right and i think given you know the concepts of humanity and monstrosity that were often presented with with regards to sam and concerns about if if he houses some kind of monstrosity and like if that's why he is behaving oddly at any given point it's interesting to see that turned around and have us go well no actually the one we have to worry about becoming a monster is dean yeah we've had this kind of conversation about monstrosity circling sam this whole time but yeah it is yeah, actually dean yeah, now it's expanded. Yeah, pretty interesting. They're both monsters. Dean's not Jesus. <laughs> well, all right, are we ready to talk about the fic? I actually have two today because I find this topic or the topics presented in this episode to be really pretty interesting. One of them is called Frightening Faces. It's by AO3 user Moonlight Taylor, and it is not rated. It is a gen fic, however. The summary is, everyone seems to have plans for Sam. He's supposed to be a hunter, a witch, or the leader to a demon army. Sam just wants safety and a white picket fence. When he's kidnapped by witches who want to use his powers, he starts to realize he might not have a choice. To get back to his family, Sam is forced down a path paved with good intentions. Destination, hell. It takes a while, but he decides that if he's going down there anyway, it might as well be on his own terms. And this one is from 2019. So way, way later than um, any of these topics were first being Mm -hmm. explored in the show. Characters are Sam, Azazel, John, Bobby, and Dean, who is mostly off screen, according to the tags. Mm -hmm. Additional tags include Sam Winchester has powers, witch Sam, kidnapping, canon typical violence, AU canon divergence, Banff Sam Winchester, hurt Sam (laughs) Winchester, boy king of hell Sam Winchester. Yeah, I am really interested in the way that Sam's character has all kinds of like powers and destiny and gossip Mm -hmm. and everyone's always talking about him, you know, but like, does he really get to like do anything with that, you know? Uh, So I think it's interesting to have a fic that explores him being like, well, what if I took advantage of that to do my own thing? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I really wish a show would explore that more often. Right. 
And it very easily, I think, given the circumstances of the episode, could have ended up with him being kidnapped by the witches. <laughs> yeah. True. I know he isn't usually the damsel character, but... And this one is a pretty, like, easy length. It's about 8K words. Just just a one-shot. So give it a go if you've got some time. Let me know how it is. The second fic I have is actually from just last summer. Um, it was published in 2021. So people are still thinking about this episode a whole lot. This episode is actually specifically tagged. Oh. Um, it's called The Harbinger of Death by Sonatine. I don't know how that's supposed to be pronounced. It's S-O-N-A-T-I-N-E. It is rated M. There is some slash. <laughs> it's a Dustdale fic. Go figure. Because <laughs> why wouldn't it be? But the platonic relationship between Ruby and Dean is also highlighted here. Other characters besides Dean include Cass, Ruby, Death, Crowley, and Sam. Additional tags include episode season three, episode nine, Malleus Maleficarum, The Plague, Time is a Flat Circle, Gender Fluid Castiel, Demon Dean Winchester, Death Dean Bros Forever, Background Ruby slash Sam, Dean and Ruby thesis, all demons were human once, otherwise known as self-recognition through the other. And it was actually that final tag that <laughs> made me interested in this fic. I'm like, ah, this is a person of intelligence. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I possible. didn't read the summary. What the fuck? Summary, which is an excerpt. The angel's hand is still clutched on Dean's leg. A chill is creeping up his limbs. I know you. Where have we met before? on which battlefield, end quote. That's the whole thing. It's very short. Um, yeah. This one is even shorter than the previous thing really? that I brought up. It is, mm-hmm, it's is—it's about 6K words, also one, one shot. Way fewer hits, only around 400. Mm-hmm. But it's also not been around for more than a few months. So, oh, fair. Yeah. I love a good Demon Dean fic. We love to explore that concept. <laughs> Oh my gosh, especially with an angel lover. So fun. I know. Ooh, hit me right in that religious trauma, baby. <laughs> Jordan, what did you think of the episode? Yes, let's rate. Rate. Ooh. Okay, so I'm going to give this a solid 3.5 witches or whores because, like the rating, it is inherently misogynistic, racist, homophobic, and all that stuff. But also, the pacing is a big one. This is a good episode, like a 3.5. That's still a 7 out of 10. So it's a good episode. It's enjoyable. Yeah. I had a fun time. This episode was just lacking the complete polish that the last episode did. That's it. What about you, Allie? Yeah, I'd say similar. I actually think I enjoyed it more, though. Um, obviously, there are some issues with it. But I think overall, they got a lot of stuff good in this i think if i were to fix it i would have the witches use their power to kill shitty men and they get off by threatening dean and sam and that's how it ends i love that i rewrite that's what i would do Um, but i think overall i would give this um four loose teeth out of five i'm also gonna give this a four out of five i'm gonna give it a four out of five mealworms i think this episode is just really fun I love how campy it is and just like some of the off the wall shit that happens and, you know, like the contrast between like the super evil black magic and like these very basic suburban ladies. 
like it just it compels me uh, but yeah i agree with both of y'all a it does lack some polish it sort of falls apart towards the end in terms of the pacing i get a little lost in like you know what are we supposed to be focusing on and yeah there's some just fun offensive sprinkles just all <laughs> over the episode from start to finish so oh what do i think is gonna happen next well, fuck. They did just drop a bomb on us with the whole demon thing. Mm-hmm. And we are kind of getting a little low. Next is episode 10. So first, I'm going to say uh, something I'm sad about. Uh, now that I found out that humans who go to hell will eventually end up as demons, it makes me extra sad that Don- John went to heaven, supposedly. I know, right? What a missed opportunity there. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to learn Ruby's true intentions. But not next episode. What's going to happen next episode? I genuinely have no freaking idea. We haven't seen Bobby in a while. Maybe that's just being hopeful. I hope we have a Bobby episode. That would Um, be great. I just want to see Bobby being a dad. And he can make them pancakes. Mm. While they talk about how they're going to hunt the demons. I love that. Yeah, maybe they'll hunt down a demon sighting. I don't know. Sorry. wholesome. Yes. Don't be sorry. You can't always perfectly guess every conflict that's going to happen in the next episode. You know, just maybe every other week. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Thanks for tuning in to On the Road with Supernatural. Our theme music was composed by Anthony Ployhar, and special thanks to Sophia Linden for our logo. If you're having fun, hit us up on Tumblr, Instagram, or Twitter at OTR Supernatural, or contact us by email at ontheroadwithsupernatural at gmail.com with any questions or feedback. That's all for today. See you next time in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Bye. Bye. Bye.